Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Monday Matinee on the Mutual Audio Network. Come on, let's all go to the lobby. Because people are staring at us listening to these shows while we're in the theater. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. How do I? I'll skip ahead a bit. No, I can't skip ahead. All, all right, everybody, into the time machine. No, 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 no! You don't understand how radio works. All I have to do to return us to the present is fade my voice out like this and cue the organist. See, here we are. Wait a minute. 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, I must inform you that this is Episode 7, and it's our Halloween special. My name is Pete. My name is Paul. And I'm Jane. <laughs> the purpose of our show is to present specific episodes of our favorite old-time radio series, episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series or as one of those favorite episodes that fans of old radio like to quote in Facebook groups. <laughs> we'll open each episode by introducing the selection. We'll describe it briefly, and then we'll play it for you. And then we'll come back at the end of the selection and discuss it at length. And each of us will give our opinions on its merits, its performances, or anything else that stands out for us. And that's exactly what we're presenting to you, just our opinions, on whether or not it's worthy of a place in every old-time radio aficionado's personal collection. You don't have to agree with us, and in fact, we may not agree with each other, but we do hope you'll enjoy what we bring to the table and come back for more. Each of us three will take turns selecting a show for discussion, and last month's choice was mine, and that was an episode of Candy Matson, Yukon 2, 8209, in case you didn't hear it, and this month, we come back around to Pete, and Pete, what do you have for us this time around? Well, this time I'm kind of foregoing my turn to bring you a listener suggestion. And that listener is none other than Joshua, a co-host of the Mysterious Old-Time Radio Listening Society, another old-time radio discussion podcast that's more popular than ours. 
for the time being. <laughs> for now. Well, you know, they've been at it longer. So Joshua suggested an episode of Inner Sanctum Mysteries called Corpse for Halloween from 1949. Now, when we started Old Time Radio Essentials, I wanted to make sure that we didn't cover any shows that the guys at this other podcast had already done, just in case we acquired any crossover fans. But Joshua indicated that he'd like to hear our take on this one that they'd already done, I think a couple years ago. And in fairness, I do recommend you listen to their take on it, but after you listen to ours. The Inner Sanctum, also known as Inner Sanctum Mysteries, was a horror or thriller anthology that first aired on NBC in 1941 and later moved to CBS. Hosted by Raymond Johnson at first, the show featured stories of horror, thriller, and mystery. Unlike other horror series during that time, the show had a certain tongue-in-cheek style, which was adapted later on by other radio programs such as Quiet, Please!, and The Mysterious Traveler. Johnson was later replaced by Paul McGrath, who was known just as Your Host, at the same year in which Lipton Tea became the show's primary sponsor. Now, Lipton Tea was a sponsor, Carter's Little Liver Pills were a sponsor, and Bromo Seltzer. Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, Bromo Seltzer, if you recall the old commercials. Uh, this one that we're going to play for you um, must have been during a period of when it was just sustained. Sustained means uh, paid for by the network and it didn't have a sponsor because there aren't any commercials in this one. During its decade-long run, the show was able to produce a total of 526 episodes. The most popular ones were Terror by Night, which aired on September 18, 1945, and The Telltale Heart, which aired on August 3, 1941, and which featured Boris Karloff. And so, without further delay, we present Corpse for Halloween from 1949 and Inner Sanctum Mysteries. And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency. Get comfortable and listen. <laughs> Inner Sanctum Mysteries. Good evening, friends. This is your host to welcome you through the creaking door into the Inner Sanctum. Come on in. <laughs> One prankish little fellow whom we shall call... Maniac, for lack of a stronger word, just set fire to the walls. He said a closed room made him feel confined. As a result, four other characters are slightly burned up now. <laughs> Tonight's inner sanctum mystery, Corpse for Halloween, was written by John Robert. And stars Larry Haynes in the role of Jimmy with Barry Kroger as Kavanaugh. And now, let's unhinge our minds a little. After all, what's a little insanity among friends? Hmm. Tonight's story dramatizes the fanatical hold of memory. 
The one scene, the one fragment that plays and replays over and over again in your mind. The one terror that's with you when you dine and when you walk and when you sleep. Cent flop, but I'm in the Burma jungle. Watching a scene that never gets stale, even though it's five years old. I can hear sounds travel across the brush. I pick them up as if I'm a receiving set. Animal sounds. And I see, as if my eyes are in the sky, I see two grim figures standing with their rifles aimed at a pair of jungle beasts. A tiger and its mate in a crouch, ready to jump. They fire point blank together as if by signal. No good. They miss. The beasts roar and leap. I hear them scream out, Kavanaugh and Boxagola. Just before they die. Five years. And you've been everywhere trying to forget... And you almost do forget. But it edges right back into your mind by itself. Like like when a guy suddenly sneaks up on you in the night. Do you have a match? What? Do you have a match? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. You uh, popped up on me so suddenly. You're a nervous man. Thank you. I have a parcel with me. For you. For me? What, are you kidding? No. I have a parcel for you. Here, take it. Uh, wait a minute. Hey, 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 wait. But he's gone. Just the way he came. As if he's... He's a chip off my sanity. As if there'd been nobody. But there is a package left with me. The mind doesn't dream up a package. A cardboard box. Heavy kind of... And tissue, lots of tissue around something that that had the feel of a head. It is a head. The stuffed head of a jungle tiger. Its mouth fixed in the snarl. It sends the blood hammering to my head. Doesn't make sense. No good figuring it out. Toss it into the river, box and all, and get away. Get among the people. Yeah. Yeah, Rocco's go to Rocco's. Get the jukebox going and slip into a fog. Coffee, Rocco. Jimmy, I got something for you. For me, Rocco? A package. A guy come in before and leaves a package for you. See? For Jimmy Fox. Your name on it. My name? My name's Jimmy Scott, you know that. Scott, yes, but the man says your name is also Jimmy Fox. He says he knows. He knows? I took the package outside into the night, into an alleyway. Another cardboard box, heavy. And, and tissue, lots of tissue around. Something that had the feel of a head. It was a head. But not a tiger's this time. It was a human skull. It shone with a hard white light where the moon touched it. 
And then it seemed to speak. You have a mask. What? <laughs> You're being an idiot. It isn't the skull talking to you. It's me. You? Where are you? I'm behind you. I, I don't see you. Because you're afraid to. See me now? Yeah. A black suit and a face grinning at me like... Like a laughing mask. It is a laughing mask. Well, why are you wearing a mask? Why not tonight's Halloween? Huh? Halloween? Sure. Halloween. Not everybody plays jokes. Oh, Josh, I should have remembered it was Halloween. Can you identify the skull? Identify? Look, what kind of a gag are you trying to... <laughs> Suppose I give you an hour to identify the skull. It's eight now until nine o'clock then, Jimmy. Uh, wait. Hey, hey, wait. It was gone again. As if there'd been nobody. Just another big chip off my sanity. I really had to get away from myself now. I hit the back streets, and, and then somewhere a big neon sign across the tenement pulled me off the sidewalk. It read, the Tillery Street Boys Neighborhood Association. Halloween costume ball, public invited. A girl in a booth, masked like a witch, stopped me at the door. Mask, mister? Uh, mask. Oh, uh, sure, sure, give me one. Black, green, yellow, or purple? What's your favorite color? Uh, yellow. Uh, here you are. Fifty cents. Hey, I... Oh. Oh, what? Just a description left with me. I'd almost forgotten. Uh, are you Jimmy Fox? Suppose I was Jimmy Fox. What about it? This grocery bag was left here for you. A man told me to tell you. You forgot it somewhere. And he said that he'd meet you one place or another later. Here, take it. By the shape of it, I'd say you had a Halloween pumpkin inside. What if I told you there was a human skull inside that grocery bag? He'd meet me one place or another. He did. He was under a street lamp, waiting for me to happen along. <laughs> Hello, Jimmy. Have you dared to call the skull by name yet? Or must I? Look, that gag isn't paying off, mister. All right, go ahead. You call it by name. Dolan. Boxer Dolan, remember him? I, uh, never knew the guy. You've no doubt got me confused. Have I, Jimmy? You've changed your appearance cleverly, except for one thing disguise could never conceal. One thing? Your guilt. You wear it like a badge of shame. Oh, what am I guilty of? Murder. Two men left an encampment in the Burma jungle just before dawn. Two men, Boxer Dolan and Kavanaugh. The third man remained behind. He played sick, pretended to fever. The third man was you, Jimmy. Must I tell you the rest? Tell me the rest. Dolan and Kavanaugh carried rifles in the event of a jungle encounter. There was a jungle encounter, a tiger and its mate... An emergency, but an easy one to resolve for two expert hunters. Just one shot apiece, and there'd be two more dead tigers. Just one shot apiece. They had their one shot apiece. But the tigers didn't drop dead in their tracks. Instead, Boxer Dolan and Kavanaugh dropped. Ask me what happened, Jimmy. What happened? 
during the night, someone had emptied their rifle loads and substituted blank bullets. You did that, Jimmy. You engineered the murder of two men. You murdered your two partners in crime. Just one day's push from the Hindu temple you'd all teamed up to loot. They got within 24 hours of treasure, and then you murdered them. One more day to the temple, so why split three ways, huh? Huh? Know about the temple? But I never pushed on to that temple. No loot, no nothing. How about that? You lost your nerve. You just hadn't counted on losing your nerve. What are you, a detective? No. I'm your second victim. I'm Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh? Kavanaugh was killed. Unfortunately for you, he wasn't. I'll show you what I had to survive. Feel my sleeve. Feel it. It's empty. Torn out of the socket. Now, the face behind this laughing gargoyle I wear. See the left profile. Uh, it isn't pretty, is it? The eye. The eye's gone, too. I spent five years finding you, Jimmy. I've waited a long time to let you see my face. You came after me to kill me? After you've had the same 24 hours you arranged that Dolan and I would have. What do you mean, the same 24 hours? Unarmed, in the jungle, and helpless. I'm going to hunt you for 24 hours in this jungle, the jungle of the city, with every beast of prey I can buy. I'm going to hunt you, Jimmy. And in the end, when I've wrung every suffering from you, I'm going to kill you. What do you mean? Every beast of prey you can buy. The denizens of the city jungle, the riffraff, the murderers, the men and women who buy and sell murder. I can afford them, Jimmy. See this, Ruby? Hey, is it real? And I have dozens, Jimmy, dozens. I didn't lose my nerve. It's ten o'clock. You can go now. Go and see if you can escape me and my pack. You're going through with this? Get along, Jimmy. Hurry. The beasts will be coming at you from the sewers and the cellars, ambushing you from the shadows into the dawn and through the day for 24 hours until 10 tomorrow night. Or you win. You live. Hurry, Jimmy. See how painful death can be. Kavanaugh's one fella I never want to uh, hunt me up. Mm-mm. No, sir. That guy slays for creeps. <laughs> 24 hours. Kavanaugh's got 24 hours to kill, and Jimmy has just enough time to die. <laughs> yes, you know, Jimmy might win out over Kavanaugh. Now that he's got an extra skull to go with the one he's stuck with. After all, two heads are better than one. <laughs> Let's live out the terror now, shall we? An animal game of murder for 24 hours. I was to be hunted down in a jungle where human beasts came at you from the sewers and cellars where killers in the hire of a homicidal lunatic lay in ambush. Well, I had to win. 
I had to save myself. I had to. Hide. The thing to do was to hide, fade into an alleyway and find a cellar and stay put for 24 hours. Just stay put. Go to the second rake of garbage cans until 10 tomorrow night. Was I alone? Movement. There was a whispering movement somewhere in the cellar. A faint rattle of ash cans as if as if the wind was rattling them. Wind in an airtight cellar. Hello? Anybody there? No answer. I've been imagining. But then something winged at me, goring into my shoulder, sharp and deadly like a knife. <laughs> from a shoulder gash. I got out of there and back into the streets. Into a jungle of faces. It was Halloween night like I'd never seen it. Masks and costumes on kids of six and old crones of sixty. A crazy jungle of witches and snarling sea captains and lunatics. They couldn't all be in the hire of Kavanaugh. And then, where a fence was plastered with circus posters of jungle animals. A zany-looking guy was shooting from the hip at the poster while making menacing faces like a bad man. I caught a whiff of powder in the night air. The shot had burned into the poster. I crept up behind him. Faking a gun with my fist in my coat pocket, I rammed against his back. Get him a pal, Rick. I, I, I got nothing. I'm not sentenced. Your gun. I want your gun. Hand it over. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now walk. Walk up the block and don't turn back to look. Now, and the tables were turned. I was the hunter now. I drifted to the docks and took up a position with my back to the river. Thinking of suicide, Jimmy? Not anymore, Kavanaugh. You sound as if your morale had suddenly uh, improved. My morale's going great, Kavanaugh. Your animal hunt's about to boomerang, blow right up in your face like this. Who's hunting who, Kavanaugh? Who's hunting who? Kavanaugh kept standing up. Three bullets point blank enough to blow his head off, but Kavanaugh kept standing up on <laughs> How does it feel to hunt game with blank cartridges like Boxer Dolan and I did once? Blank cartridges? But that crazy-looking guy saw him burn a hole in the circus poster. Only one bullet. The first one was real. Simple? Yeah, Simple. I get it. Dead-Eyed Dick was another one of your beasts. Who's hunting who, Jimmy? Who's hunting who? Now, Kavanaugh! Kavanaugh, wait! Kavanaugh, kill me! Get it over with and kill me now, will you? Kavanaugh, you gotta kill me! I had to get out of there. The subway. Get the subway. Fade into the subway. Get on a train and ride to the end of the line. Ride out of the jungle. An empty station, no one in it. No, no someone. Two people. A dapper little guy buried behind a newspaper. And an old lady in ragged clothes carrying a pet half hidden under a coat. A pet that looked like a cat. She came up to me, close, like to ask me something. Uh, 
This side goes to Leffert's Avenue station. Uh, Leffert's, I, I don't know. I'm a stranger here. Oh, hush, Genevieve. Oh, Genevieve is hungry. That's not a cat. No, son. A cub. A tiger cub. A, a tiger cub? Would you like to stroke Genevieve? No, no, no. Don't run away, son. Genevieve won't hurt. I ran away with the old crone after me, hobbling in her skirts. And a little dapper guy behind the newspaper circling at me from the opposite direction, cornering me. I jumped to the tracks, my only out, and I ran. I ran deep into the bowels of the subway, deep, very deep. With a little dapper guy after me, as if he meant business. And then the train. It had a Halloween look, too, bearing down on me. An iron face with banjo eyes. I ran against the wall and flattened out. glancingly and hurled against the subway wall, pulverized. I got to him quickly and frisked him. I had a gun now. A gun with bullets that killed. I ran. I ran a half mile underground to another station and then back on the streets. Back in the animal game. It was three in the morning. A neon sign read Tillery Street Boys Neighborhood Association. Halloween costume party. People were straggling out. The fun was over. Paul? What? You remember me? Uh, no. I'm the witch who gave you a free mask and a grocery bag that you forgot somewhere. And, and you're uh, Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Scott. I, I used to be Jimmy Fox. Sister, are you all right? Am I all right? I mean, are you just what you look at? A sweet kid with brown eyes and a heart. Are you drunk? No, 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 beat. I'm dead beat. I've got to hold up somewhere, get some shut eye. I've got to or I'll die. You're sick? Yeah, yeah, I'm sick, sick. If I could just sleep around the clock until 10 tomorrow night, if an angel came along and said, come home with me, I'll put you up. Come home with me, Jimmy. I'll put you up. Asleep on a sofa with the gun under my pillow and the girl on a chair watching me anxiously. I had a friend. I could drop off and live in dreamland until ten that night. At ten, I could wake up and live. Coming awake, I heard the alarm we'd set go off. I'm stopped. And there was a sound. An animal sound. And then a claw scratching at me, tearing at my cheek. And I... I jumped up. The girl was gone. A guy was sitting watching me now. A skinny kid with a heavy shock of hair, not a day over 21. Oh, that's a lousy way to have to wake up from a sleep, pal. Lousy way? There was an animal clawing at me, my cheeks bleeding. Her Genevieve, she isn't housebroken. Still a little wild. You should have seen her dash for the kitchen when you let out a scream just now. Genevieve. Who are you? You're Jimmy Fox, huh? Yeah. I've got something for you. For me? Yeah, it was given to me to give to you. Here. A, a ruby. Hey, wait a minute, look. 
It's 10 o'clock. I set the alarm for 10, and it's 10. Well, it's only a quarter hour. That clock's always 15 minutes ahead. Now the game's over. It's 10, and you can't cheat. I've, I've won, Kevin. Well, you can't go back on your promise, Kevin. Well, you can't. What are you trying to get over, pal? I don't I've won. Any... You can't cheat. I won't be tricked. A gun. Pal, you're crazy. Here, wait. Look. Oh! It's ten and I won't be tricked, Kavanaugh. I've won. I'm still on the sofa. My arms are rigid. And my legs rigid. Like something exploded inside me and paralyzed my nerves. I can just look and hear... She's in the room now. A girl with a sweet face and brown eyes. Only her eyes are red, swollen from crying. I hear her talking to a cop. He's taking down what she said. He was a stray. He was like a sick dog in the street. So I picked him up and brought him home. Yes, uh, why did he kill your brother, Buddy? I don't know. I was taking a shower, and I heard him scream like a crazy man. I heard him talk all mixed up. But I was taking a shower, and I couldn't get here in time. There must be something you can tell me, Miss. Oh, officer, everything is so mixed up. At the Tillery Street costume ball, a man gave me a cat with tiger stripes, and he begged me to keep it for him for a while until he found a new home for it. He'd been evicted, he said. Yes. Well, then, in the all-night restaurant my brother works in, a man gave Buddy a ruby to give to Jimmy Fox. When he woke up, he told my brother the ruby belonged to Jimmy Fox. This piece of glass? Uh, yes. That's uh, something off the Woolworth time counter. Uh, what else? That's all. Really, that's all. I watch and I hear. I see through Kavanaugh's trick... Get me crazy, so I'll murder a stranger who called himself Buddy. The brother of a girl with brown eyes and a heart. Free me, so I'll just want to die. Through weeks of a murder trial and months in the death house and four minutes in the death chair. I kept listening to them talk. The girl and the cop. Okay. We'll have to get the rest from Jimmy Fox there. Yeah, look at him. He's paralyzed with fright. I wonder what kind of a crazy Halloween story he's going to try to palm off on us when we get him talking. Uh, uh, Captain Devereux speaking. Uh, McAvoy, send a police ambulance to 445 10 Street, apartment 3 rear. And McAvoy, see that a straitjacket's on that ambulance. <laughs> It got so poor Jim didn't know whether he was coming or going. Nuts. (laughs) What got his goat most was the way he kept seeing animals everywhere. Very confusing to a guy on the lamb. Yeah, it got so he couldn't tell who's zoo. (laughs) Tomorrow? Oh, sure. I read this Halloween notice on a tree somewhere. Never hunt out of 
reason. <laughs> that was an episode of Inner Sanctum Mysteries called Corpse for Halloween, originally broadcast October 31st, 1949 on CBS. Pete? This was a listener suggestion that you brought to us, and if you think you can give it without gushing too much over the podcast co-host who suggested it, what's your opinion of this installment? <laughs> Did I gush? Is that the problem? I admire that that show very much, and, and they work hard to really put out a wonderful show. But uh, that's enough. That's enough gushing. Okay. <laughs> My opinion of the show itself is uh, is pretty high. Um my favorite thing about Inner Sanctum is the host, whether it's Raymond, you know, or or the uh, the later host known only as Mr. Host, who in this case uh, was played by Paul McGrath. The horrible puns and the double entendres, that sinister chuckle that he gives, or just the hmm at the end of a line, perfect delivery every time, no matter how terrible the combination of words. <laughs> For example, in this one, he, he says... These guys slave for creeps. That's a double pun. It's just, it's just a little yeah. too much, you know. It's just yeah. so, so horrible there. Um, but I, I thought it was a really good opening. The host goes from his usual uh, uh, pun-filled patter to an interesting introduction to the story. He's talking about dreams. He's talking about insanity and sleep, which then leads to our our protagonist Joe saying. Who can sleep? And he goes into his first monologue. And, and, and I think this works well. There's a lot of this type of thing. The narrator uh, suggests something. Uh, for example, he says, like when a guy suddenly sneaks up on you in the night. And then the antagonist jumps in with, do you have a match? <laughs> did you, you heard that. He did that a couple of times, um, yep. which I thought was kind of makes you jump. It's pretty cool. Um Inner Sanctum was a long-running show, more than 500 episodes that ran from 1941 to 1952. Not all of them could be golden, people. <laughs> they couldn't all be, be good stories. And in my experience from listening over the years, quite a few of them were serious turkeys. Because, but, but, but really, in their defense, because they only had a half an hour in which to lay out the story, there was a lot... And I mean a lot of on-the-nose dialogue. Do you know what I mean by on-the-nose dialogue? It's Clear. like what, no. what they're saying is what's happening. So they're just they're – just, it's full of exposition. Um, and, but because it was a fast-moving show, this, this tended to work back in the day, you know, in the 1940s, 1950s. But I really think modern audiences are more prone to laugh at these lines. I mean, and uh, not this episode, but a previous one that I heard – uh, a woman, and played by Mercedes McCambridge, puts her hand over the mouth of another person so she can't scream, and she says, I've got my hand over your mouth, Mary, so you can't scream. <laughs> Gee. That's how I find out. I, that they couldn't have done it more subtly. <laughs> it is a, oh, I've got my hand over your mouth, like the other person doesn't know. <laughs> so, I laughed at that. I thought that was really corny and really uh, uh, too much on the nose. Or it's the whole the whole series is full of lines like, 
what are you going to do with that butcher's knife in your hand? You, you know, see things the blood like that. Coming out of the hole where I stabbed you with the <laughs> knife. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go again. We're making fun of the lights out episode from four <laughs> from four installments Thank ago. You. Jane, you'll never get over we'll never get let you get over that one. So this was my lights out. This was your lights out? Okay. So as I listen to these episodes, not this one, I can't help but cringe, but not I'm happy to say with this one. Uh, I kept forgetting that it wasn't in the jungle in Africa, but the inner city jungle. It really, I believe it really set the atmosphere very well. Um, there was serious tension. The uh, the uh, antagonist was a goof. You know, it was never explained why he changed his name and why bother? Yeah. Why bother? Yeah. His name is about? Joe Fox. But no, no, I'm Joe Smith or whatever it was. Smith. But I used to be Joe Fox. So he's telling everybody that, that he's not this guy, but he used to be that guy. So what's the point of having an alias? I kept waiting for the fox head to show up, but it never Oh, the did. fox head? <laughs> <laughs> So, so all in all, I thought it was well written, with good characters and an exciting story. There are just two or three questions that I can't get out of my mind. Maybe you guys can help me find out what. Maybe you heard something that I didn't. What happened to the tiger's head and the skull? Where did they go? You know, would... I don't think they really covered where they went because, it, like you said, they had a lot to cover in a half an hour. So exactly. I don't think they so there's a lot of stuff that just didn't. It didn't get yeah. answered or, or didn't right. they, they had it and they dropped it. So he had the tiger's head and he nobody says what happened to it. He gets the skull and they have a long conversation about the skull, but then nothing happens to explain what happens to the skull. Also, right. this is a big one for me. Why did the girl charge him 50 cents for a mask and then say later that she gave it to him for free? <sighs> Continuity fast, problems maybe? right there. Oh, dear. Yeah, so that one's going to make me lose sleep at night. Um, also, how about that tiger cub? Didn't anybody on the production staff ever go to the Bronx Zoo and listen for themselves to, to hear how a tiger cub sounded? Because that tiger cub sounded like the cat on the Witch's Tale series. <laughs> Yeah, they were probably counting on the fact that not too many people in 1949 knew what a tiger cub sounded like. Well, it sure didn't sound like anything but an a big old fat cat, <laughs> and not anything like <laughs> a cub or a youthful a youthful wild beast. It did not sound anything like a youthful wild beast. One other thing. Okay, two other things. Two. <laughs> Three, two no, other three things. other no, things. Wait, two <laughs> other things. No, wait. In an almost fanatical devotion to the Pope, four other things. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> oh, holy hand grenade. Anyway, he gets sliced. He gets a serious cut on his shoulder, and it never gets treated. I woke up in the alley. I'd been stabbed in the shoulder. And then you never hear anything about it for the rest of the show. Right? So there's that. He's a trooper. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. And then he kills the guy in the subway. You know, the guy gets – or he gets hit by a subway train. Right. And, and, and he goes and he steals the guy's gun. 
Now, if you've ever been in New York, no matter what time of day, the subway platform is always crowded with people. Where were the other people in the subway? Why didn't they make a noise when he is searching this dead man and takes his gun and then runs off? Uh, I'm going to have to listen to it again and listen a little closer because I could have swore he said that he, he ran down the tracks a bit and kind of like up against the wall so the train just missed him. And the other guy was coming towards him, but he didn't get in cover at a time. So he was he was past uh, the landing, for want of a better term. The uh, what do you call it? Oh, okay. Is that what is that what Platform? the way it happened? Platform, I listened to it basically. a few times. As you can tell, we don't it have always seemed like Peoria. it always seemed like <laughs> no subways in Peoria, no streetcars in Peoria. Uh, but they, um, I guess, I listened to it four times, and I always seem to miss four. that particular. <laughs> well. I wanted to make sure that I had all the, all these details so I could criticize it fairly um, and praise it fairly because I, I enjoyed I really enjoyed it overall. Um, but uh, this is where I have to say that I thought I'm not a big fan of Mercedes McCambridge. Um, other people love her; they think that she is the greatest radio actress that ever lived. Orson Welles admired her a great deal. But I first heard her uh, in another episode of Inner Sanctum, and I just could not stand the sound of her voice. It was just so grating. And then I heard her more on uh, CBS Radio Mystery Theater when she was older. You know, she was probably in her 60s by that time, and she was – they were casting her as younger women, and it just wasn't – It was I wasn't buying it. So uh, I, I just kind of – have an about Mercedes McCambridge, but um, they didn't identify her in the cast list um, at the end of the show. Uh, but I recognized her voice and I thought she sounded pretty good. Um, and probably because she had a pretty small role. <laughs> That's, um, so anyway, I've been talking for a long time about this. Um, those are my questions. Those are my opinions. Uh, who's next? <laughs> <laughs> You're so, did I cover? Did I overcover? Did I leave you nothing to talk about? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Got got nothing for you. Get him, Do you want me to go? Anybody? I didn't. I didn't care for it. I I um I only listened to it once. And Pete, you said that there are 500 inner sanctums, so I'm going to have to listen to at least. 499 of them uh <laughs> more um this story didn't i wasn't i wasn't scared by it and nothing really uh i was my mind drifted and that of course that's not unusual at all <laughs> but i did myself kind of like drifting off during the telling of the story uh for me that this wasn't all that great I would like to listen to some more. Um, but for me personally, I, I just was, it was kind of a meh episode. Okay. You know, changed well, my mind. That's pretty much why I, no, no, no. That's why I listened to it four times because I would, I'd be driving or something while I'm listening. And so I would be paying attention to the road and then I said, oh, what are they talking about now? Oh, okay. Which is why I must've missed the, the, the way the guy got killed in the subway. I thought he was, on the on the subway platform. And um 
it's just interesting that, you know, these packages would just show up. I suppose this took place right in New York, obviously. Uh, you know, here, here's a box for you. <laughs> you know, I'd like a little more exposition on why they were in the jungle, a little more backstory. But I know, you, like, you know, you do only have a set amount of time. So, well, they did uh, explain that they were there to rob a Hindu temple. Rob the Hindu temple. Of its, temple, of yes. Its, uh, jewel. Yes. But I want to know more. Oh, <laughs> more, more. I'm still not satisfied. Yeah, Paul. You, oh, come on. That don't, you got to give me more than that. You took all my time. Oh, I'm sorry. This, <laughs> the nice thing about a podcast is that there is no set time. So She said you took her time, okay? <laughs> you didn't like it, but what did you think of the performances? The performances were all right. Of course, uh, sometimes I would have a little trouble uh, distinguishing the voices, the characters. Um, they sounded kind of similar to me. Uh, and I needed more sound effects. I felt that there were some sound effects that were lacking and that should have been there, like footsteps and uh, more sub, you know, ambient subway noises. Of course, I know we don't, we don't have a big crew on these kind of things, especially in 1949. But uh, so there were a few sound effects that I wanted personally that that weren't there for me. You know, um, script was all right. It moved fast. You had to really keep up with it. You had to listen to it four times to get everything. Um, but it's it's not one that I would return to. I want okay. I want to, uh, but I want to explore more in a inner sanctum stuff for sure. There are some really good ones. I have to recommend um, one called Death of a Doll. That that's one of my all time favorite um, inner sanctums. It's mysterious. It's very tense. It's got Mason Adams, and you know how I feel about Mason Adams. <laughs> yes. More gushing. I'm a fanboy of Mason <laughs> Adams. Um, so I, I think um, you should listen to that one. It's uh, okay. That's a really good one. Okay. Okay. All right, good, good. Paul? Well, see, now, the good thing is that... Our podcast is for people to be introduced to things they haven't heard before. I almost True. said seen, but that's kind of redundant. Um, I've never done Inner Sanctum before. And so I'm going to have to do a little bit more looking into them also, listening to some of the other episodes. Because I didn't realize at first that they're doing this kind of tongue-in-cheek you know, I just kind of, you know, usually when they're trying to be kind of humorous back in those days, it was humorous. I mean, it was, there was no doubt about it. And if they're trying to be anything else, they're trying to be serious. And so I'm listening to this one going, oh my God, are these people being serious with this? You know? Well, well the drama itself is serious. It's just that the opening sequence is humorous. So you've got the comedy followed by the drama. And then he comes back a couple of times to, you know, say some more like like sort of an inter intermediary joke, and then at the end he gives more jokes. But the but the story itself, without the host speaking, is a drama. Okay, I I, <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> Okay, it's 
I'm, it did seem like Jane's, uh, the, the, what was the one we were making fun of again before? Uh, yeah, Lights Out. Yeah, it was, kind of, it was kind of reminding me of Lights Out a bit because they were so, they were a bit over the top. Oh, you yeah. You know, I know over the top yeah. wasn't, wasn't anything new back in those days. With radio, but I was yeah, enough old time was... radio programs where it's like, wow, cool. Uh, that's, yeah. And I understand they only had like a half an hour and a lot of distance to cover. But I just thought it was so funny from this guy going from just a normal kind of guy to within five minutes goes, why don't you just kill me and get it over with? <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, he gave up in a hurry. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it, I understand. Like I said, they had a lot of ground to cover, but it's like, holy crap, they cover that awfully quick. And just he went from point A to point B in a blink, you know? And I just, it was, it was hard for me to care. <laughs> yeah no. yeah okay it really in, in a lot of in a lot of the episodes it is hard for for anybody to care about the characters um in in today's day and age intersect was a uh, an anthology series so different players every week different uh right. stories every week it wasn't a continuing series like um uh jack benny um and so on in in the comedies where you had the same people showing up, but uh, yeah, I, I can certainly understand that he did go crazy pretty quickly, yeah. and then he had that complete psychic psychic break where he wakes up and kills the guy, <laughs> the little brother, where he didn't need to. Why did he yeah. kill the kid? It's like who was just sitting uh, there talking of- to him. All the people that have been attacking him and everything, and this guy's just sitting here talking, going, you're not going to get me! <laughs> just yeah. shoot him. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's it... all right. I guess they needed to hurry up and wrap it up. So That's pretty much it. Yeah, I was not satisfied. That's one of the things I didn't get to write down in my notes, but I was not satisfied with the ending. No. Then I know that Golly knows where the recording came from, you know, that we were listening to. Uh, I have no idea if the original one sounded anything, but oh my god, that first time at the very beginning with the squeaking door, I I had to listen to it a couple of times before I realized, oh, that's supposed to be a door. I thought somebody was getting ripped apart on a thresher that was dragging over metal or something. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was not subtle, and I'm like, oh my god, that if you're driving down the road with your radio on, and that came on, you know. You can almost like kiss your speaker goodbye on that one. Yeah, well, the one I sent you had, starts that way, but I did find another one that I think starts with the opening of the door. So you hear the the click clack of the of the the latch, followed by the squeaking of the door. So I'll make sure that our audience uh, has something um, more <laughs> listener friendly. <laughs> <laughs> And also, what you're listening to it on is important. I was listening to it with just my Bluetooth headset, which is not exactly the most hi-fi in the world. And uh, no, it wasn't that, a good recording. And it's yeah, an old that, when that thing first kicks in, man, that was loud too. <laughs> so okay, no yourself, children. Mute the squeaky door slightly. Okay, <laughs> for audience. Okay. I don't want him to turn it off and say, what the heck was that? <laughs> the way you did. All right. Now, 
I think even though you may not have heard too many uh, episodes of Inner Sanctum, you probably know about the phrase Inner Sanctum, and you knew that the show existed. Am I correct in assuming yes. that? Okay. And you knew that the trademark was the squeaking door? Actually, no. Oh, I no. Mean, the first thing you said was about all I ever knew about it. Oh, okay. So I am really going into it for the you first really time. You really are a neophyte in this, um, this situation. That's all right, though. <laughs> that's why yeah. we're here. And you'll listen to more. And I think that's good. You, you, you made an excellent point when you said that our show is designed to introduce people to these different uh, series. I mean, some people are listening and they say, oh, yeah, I love that show. Oh, yeah, I've heard so many of that one. That's, oh, I never heard of that one. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah, we have to um, keep in mind that not everybody is. And so that's, well, and that's why it works well that I have never heard of this one before, and you've heard it a lot. So that way you can give more of the, you know, the long road kind of answer that it's like, well, you know, they're not all like this. You know, <laughs> they're, they range around a lot and everything like that. And, you know, it's good to fill in the blanks where I'm just going, wow, that was... Wow, kind of stuff. Creepy. Freaky. <laughs> Freaky. Okay, let's vote. Well, what are we voting on, dear listener? As a reminder, we're voting on, one, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series. And two, whether or not it's a standalone show that belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. And again, Pete, since you brought us this selection, you go first. Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, as for the first part, I think this is a true representative installment of Inner Sanctum. It's got the host telling the corny jokes. It's got the story that um, follows the, the formula of Inner Sanctum. Lots of twists and turns and... Um, some there were some unsatisfactory elements, but overall, a pretty good story. Um, but I don't think that it's necessarily a, a must-have for radio aficionados. I think um, you really got to like Inner Sanctum in order to to keep this in your collection. Uh, not everybody does, as we've already heard from the other two in the room. <laughs> But um, I mean, you choose for yourself. If you like it, keep it. If you don't, it's up to you. But I wouldn't um, necessarily uh, think that it, it belongs in every uh, radio collector's uh, collection. That's redundant. I'm sorry. That was unnecessarily redundant in a repetitive sort of way. But anyway, that's, good, that's, that's my testimony, and I'll stick with it. Okay. So I am next. You're, you're, you're very next. <laughs> um, well, no, go ahead, Jane. No. I, no. I, I, Talk. I say something. Sorry. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I, I am going – personally, I'm going to search out more Inner Sanctum episodes because I want to hear more because my curiosity is piqued. Um, uh, whether it's a true representative installment of the overall series, Pete says it is. I hope that it's not, personally, <laughs> because I want to hear more. Um, and a standalone show, probably not. And I'm going to follow with what Pete said 
regarding, you know, probably your own personal opinion. And um, but you could probably pass on this one um, and then seek out one maybe you do like to keep in your collection. Mm -hmm. But that that's what I have there. So, uh, Paul. Yeah. yeah, nah, it didn't do it for me. It, <laughs> it it really didn't. I am willing, like Jane said, to listen to more Inner Sanctum, see if it grows on me like some kind of a fungus or a wart or <laughs> something like that. But the big mole on your back. Oh, that was an episode. You? I think the big mole on the back was <laughs> big mole. Was, was a very back. popular episode back in the yeah. in the day. I am the mole. <laughs> I think it was it was on Mercedes McCambridge's back. <laughs> hey now. <laughs> Too much time with the sun. No, I don't have to. Wear sunscreen. And and what's your name? Mel. <laughs> so anyhow, no, it it there is a lot of clinkers in this episode, I thought, you know, and if it is kind of like just a running theme with them, I, you know. If I listen to some more episodes, might be able to live with it. You know, go, oh, well, that's just kind of kitschy. That's the way they are, you know? Uh-huh. I might only make it through another one before I go, yeah, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> but I am willing to give it a shot. As for this one, I mean, it's all personal taste. If you listen to this episode, you go, damn, that was good. Well, then go ahead and listen to more of them. But, you know, I, yeah. I'll I'll try one or two more. I'll space them out time wise in their lexicon to see what kind of a cross sampling I can get. But yeah, we'll see what happens. So but no binging in your future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not too much creaking door. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I I am going to vote no on this one. Um, I'm like like Jane said. I hope it's not a good representation of what their normal shows are like. I hope they got a little better. Um, <laughs> but we will see. I just like I said a lot of clinkers in there, so I'd have to vote no. Okay. Well, this did. This was close to the end of the run. It was 1949, so they stopped in 1952. So. Um... If you hope they got better, <laughs> they didn't have my very far to go <laughs> before they before it got canceled. All right, so that sounds to me like uh, like a half yes and a two and a half uh, no's. Okay, <laughs> a lot of fractions going on. <laughs> me do math. Okay, great, Jane. Oh, I have a line line. um so this brings us to the end of episode seven of old time radio essentials with paul rbc pete lutz and me jane st john and next time the cycle comes around paul again and paul what are you going to be bringing us next time we bring you another listener suggestion from our thanksgiving episode from listener melissa It's from the Burns and Allen show, and it's the one where Gracie buys a live turkey for Thanksgiving. This episode originally aired on CBS in November of 1942. And uh, I think people are going to like this one. 
Okay. Okay. Oh, right. <laughs> how much information you want me to add? Whatever you wanted to say. If that's it, then we'll just keep moving. Um. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So that's next month on Old Time Radio Essentials. Paul, Jane, tell the masses what they need to know. Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Find us at www.mutualaudionetwork.com or www.naradaradio.lipsyn.com on iTunes under Mutual Audio Network and or Narada Radio Company and on any podcatcher you may happen to use. Like us on Facebook at Mutual Audio Fans and at Narada Radio Company Fans and Friends and on Twitter at Essentials Old. If you want to suggest a future episode and we would love for you to do that, write us at F6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F as in Frank, the number six as in six, the word point. I prefer to say as in five plus one. (laughs) But of course you do. (laughs) Very good. The word math again. Honestly. All right. Okay. So (laughs) the letter F, the number six, the word point. And the number three at gmail.com. Put the word essentials in the subject line. Yes, yes, yes. Please, please send us your suggestions, both for old-time radio episodes, and perhaps you can drop us a line and let us know how we're doing and how we might improve the show, make it a better listening experience for you. We're going on seven months now, and we're really not getting any feedback from listeners, so... We really don't know if we're entertaining you or if we're boring you or if you turn us off after the first minute. Say, eh, we, we just don't know. So take a moment, email us, let us know how things are going, or go to your podcatcher and write us a review. This kind action might very well put you on track to winning a Humanitarian of the Year award. You never know. And now, thanks to all of you for listening. Be sure to catch us next time on... Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. And happy, happy Halloween. Halloween. The children of the night. What beautiful, what beautiful music goodness. they make. Do you see the blood coming out of the hole where the knife went into your box? <laughs> I'm putting my hand on your mouth so you cannot scream. No. (laughs) The spider slowly crawls across your face, looking at your eyes with his eyes. He has millions of eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Gratuitous horror ending. (laughs) That was fun. Sixty-three audio. Hi there. Are you a fan of all things horror? Yeah. 
You are? Well, in that case, find Tuesday Terrors, which is the mutual audio feed that comes out on a Tuesday, believe it or not. Shock horror, I know. But if you subscribe there, you'll find amazing horror fiction audio in your player every Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday Terrors. Subscribe to the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together. <laughs>